0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Welcome to the Hidden Yardage Podcast. I'm Mark Lane, joined by Sean Martin. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean Martin NFL. Follow me on Twitter at The Real Mark Lane. And subscribe to the Hidden Yardage Podcast on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. On Apple, Spotify, TuneIn and in Stitcher, Sean 3 and 1. 3 and 1 following Dak Prescott breaking his thumb, just as you saw it, right?
0: it's almost cooper Russ has almost done enough to the point where we can't even remember how down we were after the buccaneers game which might be the most amazing way to put his performance so far i mean the fact that you know Cowboys fans are riding so high right now they're going to be listening to this show on a Monday another victory Monday we almost that buccaneers game almost almost feels like decades ago now they still have so much work to do when Prescott gets back to make sure those types of games don't repeat themselves but man three straight wins of cooper Russ is an incredible feeling and You have to continue to give him and the defense, of course, like we saw on Sunday, so much credit.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really what Cooper Rush does, and I think that's kind of what Dallas's game plan has been, is let the defense just beat up on people, and all the offense has to do is make some plays in order to win the game. They don't need to outscore everybody. They don't need to just have an offensive showdown um, like the Lions and Seahawks had in week four. Oh, um, you know, they just they they just need to basically deliver the knockout blow in the 15th round. And that's kind of how the Cowboys are built. And that's how they've been functioning with Cooper Rush. And it's worked.
0: And we gave a lot of praise, both in my articles at bloggingtheboys.com and right here on Hidden Yardage to Kellen Moore the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I think with Prescott's return so imminent now, you know, the best thing you can say about this game is I actually thought it was a little bit of a step back at times for Kevin Moore. It wasn't as good as the last two weeks. But, you know, we know that the trend last year was that the offense got figured out and they didn't respond from it. And they're going to have to have that same type of response this year. And, you know, the response is much more natural right now, though. They're going to be able to roll out a you know, much better quarterback, and they're going to have Gallup getting better and better into the offense. Of course, he already had a touchdown, so that was so great to see, but you're going to acclimate Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott. So that very well could be your answer to you know, Kellen Moore needing to continue to find wrinkles, but sure enough, they did enough against Washington. know, almost flipped the script from that Tampa Bay game where we were all watching Tom Brady be held in check, but it still felt like the game was over because of what the Tampa Bay defense was doing to the Dallas offense. And now the Dallas defense did that the Carson Wentz to the point where, you know, every time Cooper Rush made a big play down the field, it just helped put this game away and, and out of reach based on how well the defense is keeping Washington from getting down the field.
1: Yeah, and that that's the thing with Kellen Moore and getting figured out, going back to one of your points, is I, I think that with all the new pieces coming along the way whether it's Dak Prescott um, whether it's the offensive line presumably with Tyron Smith coming back in December I think it may add new elements along the way to where you can't exactly by the time you figure out um, Kellen Moore well then Dallas has added another new little wrinkle here and then boom now you've got to figure them out all over again
0: that's exactly right you know they seem to i guess not really be valuing continuity on the offensive line so much right now jason peters is in this kind of weird musical chairs game going on where it seems to work where he comes in every couple of drives at left guard and gives them a different look but conor mcgovern was back in the lineup on sunday and i thought he played pretty well so that puts matt farniak back in kind of a Reserve role, where, you know, you're going to need that def anyway, so he's very comfortable, you know, being that def option. Will likely still see some snaps at some point, but whether they go between McGovern and Peters to continue to take these snaps at guard, they're going to have those options for him.
1: Yeah, and here's my question: I think it's one that Cowboys fans are really asking at this point with the club three and one. Um, is it time? For Dak Prescott to come back, or can he can he wait around a little bit?
0: So the best we know is that you know pretty much it's an issue it's an, it's an issue with swelling at this point in the hand and just how well we can grip the ball, how comfortable he feels. But you know this week was a perfect example of you know I think something that we should be talking about now this upcoming week with Prescott in the way Michael Gallup ramped up his his workload before playing. You know Gallup talked about how he possibly could have played on that Monday night game with the Giants but you know physically he was there and Britt Brown did such a great job with him as he does for all the injured Cowboys getting them back but the confidence as far as you know wanting to just make sure he was completely 100% before he stepped back on the field and didn't have something like this like his ACL injury happen again was the last missing piece of the puzzle for Gallup and you know certainly he looked confident and like his old self when he was catching comeback balls on third and long and catching touchdowns on scramble drills. I mean, that's vintage Michael Gallup, even though it's Cooper Rush throwing him the ball. So he was a huge help in his first game back here against Washington. And I think Prescott's kind of in the same boat. You know, I don't think anyone has any doubts about the way Prescott comes into every game with a lot of confidence. And it's kind of why we were all upset to an extent that, you know, the offense didn't have much more around him in that season opener. But now they'll have the pieces for him. And I don't think you want his first game to be, you know, the revved up, uh, rivalry of Philadelphia and Dallas. I don't think you want him coming back against the Eagles. I think easing him, easing him in against the Rams almost makes that game you know a no-lose type of situation. You want to win. You want to continue this momentum. But as long as Prescott was comfortable throwing the ball against the Rams, you could certainly live with whatever happens in that game You're on the road against a good Rams team, knowing that you built up Prescott to go try to keep this NFC East streak alive. They went 6-0 in the division last year. They're off to a 2-0 start now. And then you can go into Philadelphia and say, you are going to be 3-0. You know. That's what this team does best. And then, you will know, regroup from there, and we'll see the rest of the way out just how good this Eagles team is. They had to come from behind against the Jaguars today. So, yeah, I do think the time is now. If it all works out, the swelling and all the updates will keep you up to date with on blogging the boys for Prescott to play against the Rams and have that going for him when it's time to go play the Eagles.
1: How about this? What? Do, when will Dak Prescott be ready enough to where – You can have him back up Cooper Rush. And what I mean by that is, let me give you a scenario. Um, Back when Romo broke his pinky in 2008, it was week six, and then he had week seven. Um, They played at the St. Louis Rams, and Romo actually dressed for that game. He was an emergency quarterback. He was a backup behind Brad Johnson. Now, he didn't dress against Tampa Bay or New York before he came back, and I think week 10 there was a bye week in there. Um, so could you envision a scenario where – because the coaches? They like to play the numbers game. They like to have their game day roster really reflect the versatility that you encounter throughout a game. And can you see a scenario where, you know, instead of calling up Will Greer from the practice squad and having him back up Cooper Rush, they're having Dak dress out and back up Rush. Again, like I said – In the scenario where in 08, Romo, the week after he broke his pinky, was dressed out and an emergency quarterback for Brad Johnson?
0: I'm not really sure I could see that. You know, I think that, you know, their confidence is so high in Russ that, you know, I think we haven't seen anything these last three weeks, even remotely close to where, you know, he's just completely incapable and not giving you any chance to where you'd have to pull the trigger on if you had Prescott active and that was an option, you'd have to go to it. You know, certainly I don't think Cooper Russ could go the rest of the season and stay undefeated. You know, the bottom would fall out of this at some point if it was a more long term injury for Prescott. But we're getting to the point where Russ has done more than enough, you know, if if he hasn't already to say he did his job and you know the offense they're they're throwing the ball out of obvious run formations. They're getting these tight ends involved. They're doing all the things that they should be doing even more of once Prescott's back in the lineup. So it's not like, you know, let's say Russ is struggling in the game to the point where, like you said, it does come up where maybe you have to make that switch mid-game. If Russ is struggling, I don't think it's going to be because of the schematic where, you know, a defense has just completely figured out, okay, this is what they like to do the last couple of weeks. They're featuring these tight ends. They're heavy on the run. power is getting to the outside. All of these things are continuing to work for him. It worked on Sunday to an extent. You know, certainly they did enough considering they held Washington to just 10 points. So I don't think it's going to be, oh, we need what Prescott gives us to this offense. They're pretty much running the same offense. There's to be a lot of excitement for how Prescott can be even more efficient in this type of offense and use his legs more than Cooper Russ can and you know, continue to do those types of things. But Russ gives them every arc that they need to continue to move the ball down the field and to continue to keep these receivers confident that they run the right route. They're going to be rewarded and get the ball in their hands. Noah Brown continues to make play. You see DLM probably had his best game of the season. So I don't think you mess with Trying to change that mid game and you know get Prescott revved up just because Russ misses a throw or two, which is really all he misses per game it seems. I mean, 15 and 27 today, didn't turn it over, 223 yards, so not much of a window in game to have to pull that trigger. But of course, we know when Prescott's 100, you know he's going to go and hopefully start all four quarters and the rest of the way out.
1: Oh no, they didn't have Romo there dressed out because. He was going to replace Brad Johnson. As a matter of fact, it was like a 34-10 to beatdown at the hands of the Rams. They just had him there as an emergency for, like I said, just to play the roster numbers game. Um, but I think they should wait with Dak and – Just ride the hot hand theory with Cooper Rush. I don't think it's going to go till November or December or anything crazy like that um, with Cooper Rush. But I think if you get to the Detroit game, let's say, and he's still on a winning streak, keep going. Just see what happens. And you hate to get him yanked after his first loss but that would be kind of like the 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 perfect time to make the switch because all right all the magic's gone we've had all the fun with Cooper Rush and now it's back to Dak and back to your regularly scheduled programming yeah
0: again I mean not saying that Prescott remotely can't handle something like this but with every win under us. It just means that every throw Prescott makes when he comes back is going to be, you know, micro analyzed that much more, and you're going to have, oh, Russ would have made that throw, or those types of things are just going to be, you know, out there. And Prescott can handle it, and you know, it comes with some of the injury history that he's racked up. Overall, he's still, you know, a healthy player that is your franchise quarterback. But he's had some things here that has, that have caused him to miss time recently. And so when you come back, there's an expectation, and you know, based on how the team is doing while you were away, of course, and. It's so far perfect for Cooper Russ leading this team. So I wouldn't wait, you know, like you're saying, that long just because it does build up those expectations even more for Prescott where he has to be even closer to perfect with each you know, with each win that Russ is able to get and as opposed to, you know, just playing free, playing loose and playing knowing that there's gonna be mistakes along the way too, you can really open up the offense more. I mean, Russ is ex- is existing so well in the structure of this offense, but you're starting to see the deep ball get uh, get implemented more. You saw it against Washington. You know, the CDLM touchdown was such a beautiful route design to get him down the field for a touchdown. And he took some shots to Noah Brown as well. So, you know, those deep balls are certainly something that Prescott's probably watching from the sideline saying, man, I can't wait to get the throw of those, especially again out of some of those run formations where the defense has to respect the run threat with Elliott. And then they also have to respect Prescott rolling out and potentially keeping the ball on those throws and taking the top off a of defense. If a guy like Gallup or down the line, James Washington and, you know, Cavante Turpin even trying to find a bigger role in this offense. So, yeah, there's a lot that they can still, you know, put on ice with Prescott that when the time comes and that time is going to be sooner than, you know, I think you're calling for it. Um, you know, they're going to look forward to being able to put those throws back in the offense and try to get this thing really going. I also think they'll play more aggressive defense. You know, I know we're talking about what Dan Quinn does. You know, I almost laugh watching some of these games at home here where, you know, there'll be a couple – the offense will get a couple plays against this defense, and then you can almost tell when Dan Quinn's about to say, okay, that's enough. I mean, his best plays that he's called this year have been the all-out blitzes and the aggressiveness, and, you know, you can just tell he's waiting. You know, you can't overdo it, of course, especially when the backup quarterback is in. That's why I don't think he's, you know, called it as much as he would have liked because every big play you give up when your own offense is playing with a backup quarterback is magnified. But, you know, you can almost tell, like I said – and the offense starts to get a little bit too comfortable against this Cowboys defense, and they got, you know, guys like Leighton Banderas and Anthony Barr on their heels, Quinn just flips the hat backwards up there in the box and says, okay, enough. And, you know, he just sends Parsons and these guys after him. And that's been absolutely their best, you know, their best arc. I mean, some of these guys are unblockable and they tackle in the secondary. You don't have to worry about guys getting by Malik Cooker and Donovan Wilson. You know, they just style up that pressure. And it, it, it just means, you know, the drive is over pretty much. They force punch, they get their hands on the ball. So, You'll get to see more of that from the Cowboys defense, I would hope, once Prescott's back in the lineup too.
1: It'll definitely be a new complexion for the team when Prescott returns, and some of it could be that we're seeing right now, independent of Dak, is just the offensive line. Um, What do you do with the offensive line? I mean, is the solution to just have – Jason Peters take over at left guard. I mean, seems like Farniak's doing a good job. But even so, Connor McGovern, a natural guard, is coming back from injury of just well, what do you do at offensive line?
0: Yeah, I think the best thing I could probably say about Tyler Smith's game is I didn't notice him much, which for a tackle was, you know, just fine. So Tyler Smith continues to show that he can hold up at left tackle, and that's great for you know, just the way this team drafted him and had that vision for him and saw it working out, even if it is way before he was, you know, quote-unquote supposed to play tackle. So as far as the left guard spot, you know, it is interesting that they, they feel okay with this rotation type of deal. And, you know, McGovern, I thought, did hold up well in this game, So, and so did Peters. So, yeah, I do think a lot of Cowboys fans would like to see, you know, them pick one, settle in, and they get most of the snaps as opposed to a rotation. I think their running backs would agree, too. You know, they've been talking all season about – how they spent the offseason really reemphasizing the run game and knowing they were going to have to lean on it, but they didn't want to use just the same looks. They wanted to add, you know, wrinkles to the run game and commit to it. So when you talk, you know, when you have that kind of talk, you would hope that includes a consistent offensive line up front. And they haven't exactly had that, but it hasn't affected the run game too much. So, you know, Peters' first play, left guard, first snap as a cowboy was that big run the longest of the season in the Giants game to Pollard. So, Maybe he is the left guard, but again, McGovern I think on that snap to snap consistent basis really looked pretty good against the commanders.
1: That's what I mean is just <sighs> I guess it's more of a long term answer because I'm thinking of when Tyron Smith comes back too.
0: Well, I think you have to keep, you know, the idea in your head that Peter's gonna have to play some tackle snaps at some point, you know, for whatever reason that might be and whatever happens with Tyron Smith way down the line here, maybe that's why he's not, you know, your every snap Left guard right now, just because you want to keep in the back of your head that he also has so much value, when and if you have to play him a tackle. But certainly he was signed as a tackle, so that's in the back of their heads that they want to keep that option open for him. Whereas McGovern is only a guard, and, and he played, and he's played well, so you have you know some continuity there if you choose to use it, and if you're worried about Peters needing to play tackle for you at some point.
1: And it, it, it's it's a great problem I think for the Cowboys to have. Uh, Particularly when in training camp it just looked like, oh my gosh, what do you do at swing tackle? You're having to pick between Matt Wiletsko and um, Josh Ball and Tyler Smith's having trouble beating out Connor McGovern. And he's supposed to be the future at left tackle. It's so funny how a vulnerability has become kind of a strength for this team
0: yeah and they have the tight ends working well in the blocking game so that certainly helped you know rookie tackle out there on the left side like Smith and Terrence Steele you know
1: you, you mean those young rookie tight ends too that's right yeah I mean I thought
0: we were going to see more from Dalton Saltz in this game though but I think it says a lot that you know even though they weren't able to get him the ball on his return back and I thought this is the type of game where you really could feature him and they still found plays down the field so you know that was a big positive for the offense because I really thought yeah, you would see some more foes to salt, especially in that red zone area.
1: It it turned out the way that it did. And like I said, it's fascinating the way th- this team how some of the vulnerabilities are now strengths and how I but I mean that's what happens when you're three and one because it's not like any of the weaknesses are still there. I think if there's really any weakness, it might be the offense, although they had a little more production and firepower today. But um it just looks like it's all coming together.
0: By the way, Daniel Jones was eight of fourteen today and the Giants beat the Bears. I think they completed like three passes to wide receivers. So you know when we're talking about how this division is stacking up and the Cowboys being in a good position at three of one, having already beat this Giants team for backup quarterback. You know, not a not a terrific sign that the Giants are going to be in this thing for the long haul. And you know, yeah, they're finding ways to win. In the past, their past coaching staff, they would have lost this game. So maybe that's a maybe that's a good sign going forward, long term for the Giants that you know they can finally win these types of adverse situation games. But yeah, Daniel Jones, eight of fourteen, and they still got the job done at home, MetLife Stadium against the Bears.
1: And that leads to a larger point: is do you think that do you think that there's really nothing settled in this division until Dallas and Philadelphia meet up for the first time.
0: Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, I think both those teams, to the best of their ability, have proven that, you know, they have some staying power here, hopefully not just in the division, but when we talk about the Cowboys, you would hope, you know, for the conference outlook, because that's been the talk all offseason, being a playoff team last year, but not making anything of it. How do you take the next step this year? You know, we're not there yet. We'll talk about that in December. But, yeah, I think division-wise – we haven't seen Cowboys-Eagles yet. It's coming in two weeks, and it's going to be very telling. You know, the Eagles were winning with style points the first couple of weeks of the year. Nobody really knew how good they were. You know, they they're ending up at the top of all these power rankings just by virtue of the other undefeated teams losing, like the Dolphins. So, you know, they were still undefeated, and that's why they rise up the rankings. But they were winning with style points. They were doing everything they could against bad teams to prove that, you know, their offseason moves worked out and that they were a juggernaut. To be dealt with, and then today they, you know, they finally faced some adverse situations, playing in the rain. They fell behind against, you know, an upstart Jaguars team that has a lot of confidence going, and they were able to be resilient and find a way to come back. So, we've learned quite a bit about both the Cowboys and the Eagles so far, but until they match up head to head, and if it is Prescott against Houch, you know, which quarterback did do, do these teams trust more? They both have so much confidence in their own organizations, in Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, due to Eagles and the Cowboys, but which one's going to make more plays out there. Certainly you would hope that, you know, the answer would be Prescott, not only because of his own ability and the way that he gives the Cowboys such an advantage in these NFC East games, but the Dallas defense, of course, going up against Hurts, how much can they affect him to make that advantage, you know, something that can go win you that game on the road. So, yeah, I think Cowboys-Eagles is, you know, it's always telling. It's always a heated rivalry. It's always fired up for sure. I think it was Bobby Bell who put out a poll this week uh, about which – rivalry the Cowboys fans value the most as far as like which one they just get the most into and the results were so one-sided to Philadelphia it was amazing right I didn't expect Washington to get many votes that's kind of an old school thing at this point and they certainly didn't and then I'm always on the fence with the Giants because they're my home team home state's team and that's a big game but the Giants barely had any votes too and it was all Philadelphia is. so yeah that game just means so much and when it's Prescott against Hurts playing so well this year you know, the Cowboys defense will be put on the spotlight, and that's when they've played their best. So, yeah, these teams match up so well with each other, I think, and those games are going to be really fun to break down, and they're really going to be telling for who's going to win this division because these are the two teams that are staying power right now, I think. And we know what Carson Wentz is, and we know, you know, the commander's shortcomings as far as what they're going to be dealing with the rest of the year, and, you know, I already hit on the Giants and kind of what they're dealing with trying to turn the corner and, you know, might be too much to ask this season based on how the Cowboys and the Eagles can start to pull away from this thing.
1: Oh, yeah, well, here's a stat for you. Cowboys and Eagles has been the longest-running division rivalry in primetime in NFL history, and we are now in season number 19 of it. Wow. And let's see if we can get that onto Football Night in America when they meet up a couple weeks from now. Let's see if NBC Sports runs that. I bet you they do. Um, so, I I really think, it, yeah, it's just, it looks like the bottom teams are still going to be the bottom teams, and it's just going to be Dallas versus Philadelphia for the NFC East. Um, just in the current incarnation, I still think Washington, even after today, um, I think that they still. I don't see any difference between them and when they had Taylor Heineke. I don't, and so, and then I think New York's just a year away, right. maybe a quarterback away. I like where they're directed headed um, as an organization philosophically and with attitude, but I feel like they're just you know a year away. Washington's there. There's still the Taylor Heineke's, if you ask me. So it is. It's can Philadelphia steal it away from Dallas this year?
0: Yeah, it felt that way as far as watching the Washington offense on Sunday. You know, Wentz is still good for some scramble plays, and for a while, those felt like they were keeping the Commanders in the game a bit. But then the Cowboys finally put up some points. In the end, to really separate and you know make sure that this this game was going to be in hand there in the fourth quarter, but Philadelphia, you know, kind of playing the same way against the Jaguars. Like I said, they were put on the ropes for the first time, playing from behind. Really for the first time, Jaguars got off to a 14 nothing start, and the Eagles were still able to, you know, just run their offense and trust Jalen Hurts to distribute the ball, and it's exactly what he did to lead them in a come-from-behind effort.
1: Yep, and so that's just where the division's kind of shaking out. And one question that I've had when watching the Cowboys – this year, and just how ferocious the defense has been, and just how it's been over the since Dan Quinn got here. Basically, is why does the personnel work for Dan Quinn, but it didn't for Rod Marinelli and Mike Nolan? I mean, Dan Quinn makes it look so easy to just have a dominant defense. Is it really all of his scheme? Um, just why is it working for him, but it didn't for those two guys?
0: It's a lot of scheme, you know. Rod Marinelli had his way of just kind of lining up in the same type of looks, and you know, some defensive players really do like that. You know, Rod Marinelli is still one of the most respected coaches that's been in the league the last, you know, decades. So, yeah, there is some merit to saying, you know, we're just going to be really good at what we do, and you know, even Dan Quinn Seahawks defenses used to be like that before he took some time off and then regrouped and wanted to change some things in the scheme and you're seeing those changes play out so well in Dallas. So, you know, some of the great defenses do know how to just be great at one thing and line up and force you to beat, you know, a coverage that you could have a hard time beating because you have the players that know it so well and the skill to, you know, force tight windows and get after the quarterback, all of that. So the Cowboys are doing that with multiple looks though. And, you know, just the aggression overall is something that we haven't seen. And like I mentioned earlier, it's working so well. You can almost tell, like I said, that, you know, Dan Quinn's not going to let this thing go with too many plays about just getting after these quarterbacks and making their life hell. Like, it's just, you know, like Van der s Anthony Barr have had their struggles. They're giving up some runs. They're having to play in their heels. And then it's time to dial up a blitz, and it seems to have worked every time. So, you know, we still have to see how this defense fails against, you know, another truly elite quarterback. You know, of course, they made plays against Tom Brady. It wasn't nearly enough to win that game, but the offense was the major issue in that game anyway. So, you know, we still have to see if these big plays that they give up, especially on the ground, are going to hurt them in the closer games. But, yeah, they have an aggressiveness to them that can just make up for it in the heartbeat of Parsons and Doran Armstrong and Dante Fowler getting after it and Neville Gallimore shooting the, shooting from the defensive tackle position for a sack in this game. So they have it all working for them, and they can trust the tackling you know, on all three levels, really. Like I said, a linebacker might be a little bit of a concern, but back there in the secondary, you know, Duron Bland, uh, play well in run support like he always does. He was getting some snaps for the first time all season, and he came up with an interception. Marie cooker, Israel, Mc, uh, McClamour, everybody back there really tackles well too. So yeah, there's the concern that they give up big plays, but then there's also a confidence that you know those big plays aren't gonna going to continue on a consistent basis either because you can dial up a blitz and create a negative play, or you know you can make those short tackles and at least make it you know a short gain type of play. And now you have the offense behind the sticks, which is exactly where you want them. So, you know, Trayvon Diggs, when the ball was thrown his way, of course he's going to make a play on that. We know it at this point, and it worked today with the interception, as well as knocking the ball away on fourth and goal and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a combination of so many things. They have the personnel, they have the versatility, and they have an aggressiveness that just works really well with this personnel uh, to get the job done right now. And it should be even more aggressive and even more fun to watch when, they know that Prescott's on the other side making throws as opposed to kind of having to stay within whatever shell that Dan Quinn believes he has to stay in because of Cooper Russ being on the field, at quarterback instead of Prescott. So that's kind of the vision for where this defense can go from here. But, you know, so far it's more than so good. It's, you know, an A-plus performance for this defense getting after the quarterback and single-handedly almost carrying this team to wins, holding the commanders to 10 points on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and it, but it also seems like Quinn knows how to use Will McClay in the personnel department to get guys he wants. That's what I mean is Marinelli and Nolan was only there for a year, but it just seemed like they, I don't know. They, they never really coordinated well with them to get the guys that they needed or they just relied on. Well, we'll Well, go up. looks like Quinn actually coordinates with Will McClay to get like what he needs in a player.
0: And we, we all remember the Taco Charlton pick. It's like, oh, you know, Rod needs a, a true hands-in-the-dirt left end. I mean, you already had Demarcus Lawrence, so what was that all about? But, you know, oh, we need a defensive end that can just play, you know, traditional style. And so that was that pick, and you passed on, you know, of course we know T.J. Watt is the big one and all that. So, you know, that was the philosophy then, and now you have a defensive coordinator who, you know, your, your best second-level player, your best linebacker almost – has been, you know, Donovan Wilson this year. and Last year you had the experiment with Keanu Neal being a converted safety to play there. So Quinn, you know, is the complete opposite to what we're used to seeing before him in Dallas as far as, you know, just give me anybody that can be athletic and be versatile and we will get to put as many athletic defenders on the field and force teams to take the long way down the field on us and see if they can hold up with persons coming after the quarterback and all of that. So, you know, Wilson has been outstanding. He played more in the secondary, I think, you know, than he has all season a bit in today's game just because Waston really like to stretch the field a bit with Wentz and get the running backs involved in the past game. So he was out there dealing with that, and that means you had to trust the front forward to get home more, and they certainly did that as well. So, yeah, it's a very versatile defense with just the idea in mind of getting athletic players on the field that Quinn can coach up and work with, and he's done exactly that. They even mentioned on the broadcast that, you know, Quinn was working with one of his star players and Trevon Diggs saying that he could be even better. You know, he was trying to compare Diggs to Richard Sherman and giving him the same kind of coaching that he gave Sherman in Seattle to, you know, adjust some things and make him more consistent in man coverage for when he's not coming up with big game-changing interception-type plays. So when you hear something like that and you hear Parsons talk all the time about how much he values the work he gets with Quinn, you know, that just trickles down to imagine the effect he has on some of these younger players still trying to develop when the star players, you know, are getting that type of attention and that type of coaching to – be at their absolute best, and they have been at their best through four games.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a real shame when Quinn has to go uh, with oh, yeah. everything that he's done in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, defensively,
0: like, you know, has it become like the philosophy of this team almost? You know, of course, when Prescott's back, you can start to shift back towards, you know, feeling like he's the face of this and, and the offense, you know, just how far, you know, if this is Quinn's last year or whatever the case may be how far can you take this sort of defense comes first mentality in Dallas? You know, Like you said, working with McClay, does more of that fall on him to continue to get the right defenders in here? Do you, do you keep the scheme as versatile? Do you keep the scheme the same? And can you keep building off of this as opposed to you know feeling like the defense is going to unravel a bit based on if
1: you don't have Quinn? Yep. But that, that's for the end of the season. Right now it's October. Uh, weeks four completing in the NFL in Dallas is three and one. So let's go ahead and get to some Cowboys birthdays. And on Tuesday, there we've got Isaac Holt, played cornerback from Dallas from 89 to 92. He was originally a Minnesota Viking who came over as part of the Herschel Walker trade, and he got a Super Bowl ring out of it, uh, evidently. Also, Woody Dantzler, he was a running back in two Um... He actually had an amazing punt return for a touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers in that 2002 game. He turns 43 years old. On Friday, turning 44 years old, Mark Colombo, everybody's got memories of the Cowboys' right tackle from 05 to 2010. And then later was the assistant offensive line coach, full-blown offensive line coach from 2014 through I believe it was uh, all the way through the end I think of the 2019 season Uh, he turns 44 years old Do you have any Mark Colombo memories uh, Sean well those
0: are certainly some of the peak years for the Cowboys offensive line being widely considered you know the best in the league and Colombo used to talk all the time about just how honored he was to be coaching guys, like you know, how easy it made his job to coach guys like Tyron Smith and Prime Zach Martin, you know, players who are even still here today. So I would say more so that than his playing days are what I remember from Colombo. Of course, a very hard nosed player though, you know, a guy who really wore his heart on his sleeve out there on the field, those types of things. And he was able to bring that to, you know, his coaching career in Dallas, which the Cowboys love to see. They've given a lot of former players, you know, scouting jobs and coaching jobs to try to make it work and doesn't always work out with Colombo, you know, it was certainly a, a really nice run for him.
1: Yeah, and if you ever needed somebody to keep Brandon Jacobs in line, he was your guy. <laughs> yeah. Man, Giants
0: fans loved Brandon Jacobs. He was a fan favorite up there, so you know, never had too too big of a game against the Cowboys there.
1: Yeah. I mean, if he was on any any of the other thirty one teams, he'd be their fan favorite too and they'd justify him and all that. And Giants fans would then hate him. But uh, those are your Cowboys birthdays. Sean, three and one. Now the Los Angeles Rams will host the Cowboys um, as as we're now in October. What do you expect from this team by the end of the month?
0: Well, I think, you know, for their sake, they don't get caught looking ahead to the Philadelphia game. But I think, you know, as fans and, and analysts here, we can a little bit. You know, of course you want to see what how you stack up against – one of the better teams in the NFC with the Rams, personnel-wise, to the Rams. You know, of course, we'll cover it throughout the week after we break down this Washington game. But you know, personnel-wise, defensively, I think you'll kind of see similar looks to a Washington game. You as far as a, a tough front forward to run against. You know, everyone knows Aaron Donald and that matchup of Zach Martin going all the way back to the Senior Bowl days, by the way. But you know, everyone knows this front is hard to run against. But I think there will be plays there against their second level and the linebackers. And then you know, what can you do to maybe get some throws against Taylor Ramsey with CDIM. But having to be careful of his ability to take the ball away. So, what about somewhere in Washington, and if you could jump out to an early lead, you know, that will certainly let the Cowboys defense do what they do best. But, you know, as far as how this Fox it's at least they're starting it out so much better than we ever could have imagined, be, you know, thanks to Cooper Russ being the first Cowboys quarterback to go win his first four starts. Of course, that dates back to last year, but to get these three in a row under Ross is, you know, just amazing.
1: Right, whoa, whoa, who's saying that? Yeah, I saw you
0: tweet, but everyone
1: else is saying, uh,
0: He's the first to, to do four. So I don't know. We got to fact check either, every, either Fox or you.
1: I clearly specified in my tweet that Steve Berline was the first to start his Cowboys career 4 and 0. If you go back and look at the 91 season, that's what happened. He started at Pittsburgh and then he won the next four games all the way through the end of the regular season. Um, he did start for the Raiders before that. But like I said in my tweet, Cowboys career. And you know, who are you going to believe? Let me just say this the guy who does the morning write ups and morning afters that we all love so well. You know who he asks when he needs a really detailed stat or fact or wants to talk about how many games Troy Aikman has done on television of the Cowboys? Me. He doesn't ask the pirate, he doesn't ask the guy that looks like a, a railroad conductor. You know, singing, I've been working on the railroad. Someone's been in the kitchen with Dinah. He asks me. So that's what I'm saying. I, it's Steve Burline in the context of someone that started their Cowboys career, which is all that we care about, and it was 4-0. That's the standard, Steve Burline. And I think there's a good comparison just overall between Burline and Rush anyway. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, Russ is, uh, you know, as everybody is also pointing out, potentially setting himself up to you know make a lot of money as either another backup somewhere else. So, if the Cowboys, you know, finally value the position enough for him to be a long-term opposite behind Prescott, then he'll then he'll be here, or you know maybe as a starting job as things open up, you know, going into the end of this year or next year. So, you know, it's a great story for Cooper Russ. He was the sit-down interview with Aaron Andrews of Fox before this game. You know, that doesn't just happen for a backup quarterback in Dallas. At least not for. Any recent memory for any fans, you know, in my age bracket or even a little bit beyond that, to think that any backup quarterback is worth, you know, really much of anything here when we've seen the Brandon Whedons and the Matt Castles of the world. And now there's, you know, some fire behind what Cooper Rust brings to this team. And even if it's only for a couple more weeks, you know, he's done his job and, you know, that job will continue against the Rams uh, most likely, even though Prescott may be targeting this Sunday as early as possible return.
1: Yeah, and like I said, You know who gets to sit down with the lead reporter for the network backup quarterback? Steve Berline, because that's what he did when he did (laughs) a segment for CBS Sports in the midst of his miraculous run at the end of the 91 season. But, yeah, it doesn't happen often. And really that you have the continuity of someone that – Knows that it's not their job too. That's helpful to have. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I think offensively, you know, the fact that these receivers, these tight ends, everybody, running backs, can still know that they're running the same scheme with Prescott. That's a point. You know, that when Russ is in there, that's a point we've hit on so many times. But it is so important that you don't have to feel like you have to redesign everything. You know, after the Tampa Bay game, there was so many things circling this team. There could have been distractions. There was, you know, the sky is falling. There was, fire the coaches. There was everything and they came right back against the Bengals, got to work, ran the same type of offense, made a couple of tweaks, of course, so that you could actually score a touchdown in that game after you didn't score any against the Bucks. But, you know, a couple of adjustments, and yet you still ran the same offense, trusted the process, and got out there against the Bengals with Cooper Russ instead of Dak Prescott and got the win, and you know, it's been nothing but wins ever since.
1: Yep, nothing but wins ever since. All right, well, Sean, we'll talk again after the Rams game follow sean on twitter at sean martin nfl subscribe to the hidden yardage podcast on apple spotify tune in and stitcher we're part of the blog and the boys podcasting network and it's really been a lot of fun and we still have to get that pork roll sandwich eaten but don't worry we'll we'll take care of that you've been listening yeah, I would definitely hit you up and get
0: that planned. Uh, you know, starting to feel like fall a little bit here doing some of these days, which is nice. So we got fall things and we will do the port sandwich, no doubt.
1: Yeah, it'll all come together. So there it is.